First of all, Geeks Crossing listeners, let me get something straight. This is a journal, not a diary. When Eric put out this episode, I specifically told him not to put diary in the title. And yet, here we are. Oh, God, Matt, we're doing the same thing again. <laughs> oh, it's much like uh, the creators of the Roger Rules animated special. We're rehashing. How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another Geeks Crossing podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. Here to give you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. And we're not going to sugarcoat this. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roger Rules, doesn't rule. Nope. Another disappointment uh, into the... Long and then the new, it seems, growing line of Disney Plus exclusive uh, Diary of Wimpy Kid content. Yeah, if you recall last season, Mad Nick and I reviewed the first Diary of Wimpy Kid movie, well, the first anime movie, and spoilers, we're not big fans of it. Yeah, disappointment is the word that comes to mind the most because ever since I was a kid, I've really been hoping for an animated Disney, uh, an animated Diary of Wimpy Kid movie franchise. I'm one of the very few kids who, when I saw the original Diary of Wimpy Kid movie, I was like, oh man, like I wish it looked like the books. And then this came out and I was like, oh. And again, go listen to that episode from last December if you haven't already, but it was a disappointment. And like Eric and I just said, so was this one. <laughs> I mean, to its credit, I don't remember why I ranked the first movie, but I think I gave it like a five or six. It's like, uh, you know, it's the first movie, so obviously they're still getting their feet wet. Maybe they can listen to some feedback and do better in the next movie. But looking at this one, they just don't care. Like, they literally do not care. How very on brand for a Disney Plus exclusive content. <laughs> I guess yeah. there's a reason why it lost $8 billion, uh, the streaming service. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so in terms of ratings, let's get this out of the way. This is probably the lowest thing I've ever rated on this podcast. Three out of ten. Ooh. Yeah, I hated it. Honestly, just a lot of missed potential. Again, I'm this podcast's resident diary of Wimpy Kid super fan. I ate those books up when I was Greg Hefley's age. And even since. Yeah, no, I, I understand why you're giving it a three. I don't know where I would go. I don't know where I would go. I'm going to just lowball it and, uh, at an even five out of ten right now. But I can definitely see myself going down. Because, again, the word is disappointment. That's the word of the day. So I guess we'll discuss a little bit about what happens here. It's kind of ironic. I'm usually the one that gives high ratings on this podcast, but <laughs> here I am. So the gist of this movie, and it is still barely a movie. It's 15 minutes longer than the first Disney Plus Diary of Weekend movie, which was really weirdly short at, like, 59 minutes. 15 minutes of extra crap. I've heard critics of these two movies say that, oh, well, the reason why the original trilogy was great is because they didn't always have to stick to the books. And the reason these two suck is that they stick to the books religiously. And that's not really true. Like, it's it's really strange. The stuff they take from the books in this movie is all out of order, and there's a lot of, like, missed potential. And basically, the long and short of it is, Roderick and Greg throw... Or Roderick really forces Greg to throw a high school party while his parents are away. And uh, then he makes them hide about it. Like, oh, don't tell anyone. And then over the course of that, they bond a little bit and Greg starts to come under Roderick's influence because Greg just really looks up to Roderick and wants to be like his buddy. And that's really the source of all the story conflict drama in this movie um, with some little minor stuff in the background. It's funny that you mentioned source material 
or following the books, Matt, because I actually read Roderick Rules before watching the live-action movie years ago, you know, just to get a sense of how the movie would be adapted in a live-action setting. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I think Roderick Rules, the live-action one, not the animated one, did a solid job of recapturing the book's essence. Well, this one, there were so many things that were out of order that I was like, wait a minute, I thought this party happened during the middle of the book, not the beginning. Again, yeah, it opens on the party. And keep in mind, imagine you're just like, you read the Diary of Movie Kid books when you were a kid, you really don't remember them that well, and then you watch these two Disney Plus movies. The first movie, the one that came out last December, Roderick has like three lines. And then at the start of this one, the mom's like hyping it up, like, oh, Greg and Riley, like, maybe for once you'll get along. Like, and Greg's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, me and Roderick, when you get along. The average viewer is going to look at that and be like, wait, who's Roderick again? Like, who are these people? <laughs> it's so weird. They just assume you know everything. And that's cool that they made the movie for fans like that. But again, it's so out of order, so strange. Uh, that sounds like Disney's live action movies in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, they assume you know the animated movies, so why bother knowing the story of the live action movies when they're basically the same movies? <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, boy. It's very strange because I thought the whole point, at least from a marketing perspective, of the new movies is like, oh, they're classics for a new audience like no they're classics that you have to watch the original way better one just to watch the crappy new one and it's not just that i mean i remember in the book rag was starring the seventh grade and the movie didn't bother to mention that holy cow for a story that takes place in middle school you see the middle school for maybe a minute yeah wait one scene Greg was in school for one scene yeah Rowley had like five minutes of screen time like he was not in this it was really just a movie about Greg and Roderick and I guess you can do that if you really wanted to but then you got to try a little harder oh yeah they tried shoehorning more conflict between Greg and Rowley it's like wait wasn't that the whole point of the first movie why are you bringing more unnecessary conflict between them again I thought Greg came to Cope that hey Rowley's his best friend he should respect him for who he is yeah, but then here in this movie, we see, like, a couple of scenes. It's like, okay, this is the first teenage party we're going to, so don't embarrass me. It's like, bro, why are you acting like the first movie never happened? Well, then again, the writers must have realized, uh, nobody probably saw the first movie. <laughs> no one remembers that. That was, what, 10 months ago? <laughs> also was very disappointed with the lack of uh, one of the most legendary conflicts in the early Diary of Wimpy Kid book, which is... Frank Heffley versus Roderick, how he hates Roderick's music, hates Roderick's, like, bad crowd. Like, he has, like, one line to Roderick at the beginning of the movie, and then everything after that is, oh, I'm proud of you boys. It's like, okay, you didn't read the book. Oh, yeah, wasn't Holly a thing? Did they deadass forgot Holly Hills was a thing in this book? Well, technically, I'm pretty sure in the books, she really becomes a bigger presence in Last Straw. But you're right, I think she does first appear in Roderick Cools, and we have not seen her at all, so that's... Like, what are you doing? Where is she? And I get it. The whole story is supposed to focus on Greg and Roderick's bond, but they also added snippets of what's going on in Greg's life. But that's what made the live-action movies good, because they focused on his lives in school and outside of school. Yeah. The books did that. The original movies did that. These do not do that. It's almost like the writers think, okay, Greg, this movie has to be entirely about Greg in school or entirely about Greg at home. Because the first movie, from last December, Greg's family is an afterthought. Like, they barely show up. This movie, the school is an afterthought. It appears for 45 seconds in one scene. It's like, you can have both writers. You know what would really help? Maybe a script longer than 59 minutes. You can then do both. 
Like, I don't get it. I get, this is another example of, like, they cut a lot of stuff, and they didn't have to. Just make the movie longer. It's already weirdly short. Oh, yeah, when they visit their grandpa. Didn't that happen after the parents found out about the party? Oh, yes. In the book, they go to stay with the grandpa for specifically because they don't trust them to stay on their own after they find out about Roger throwing the party. But in this, when it's such a weird scene. They're like, oh, okay, like, I guess you guys didn't throw a party and everything is fine. We're going to go away again and we're going to make you stay with Grandpa. And they're like, what? But we didn't throw a party. And they're like, yeah, we just don't trust you anyway. It's like, bro, but why would you have any reason not to trust them? They just it's did so it just weird. for the hell of it. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like, wow, you guys have proven yourself trustworthy. In response, we're going to not trust you and make you stay at Grandpa. It's like, okay, there's a reason why the order of things was changed in the book and in the original movie. And the, why this makes no sense. <laughs> that peeping Tom scene really didn't go anywhere. No, not really. I will say they I, did change that from the book, too. I think it only happened for, like, maybe one scene. Well, not really one scene, but one page in the book. But for some reason, they decided to extend it for this movie. Because, yeah. you know, haha, Greg's stuck in the ladies' room at this retirement home. The kids are going to find it funny that they think he's a peepy Tom. <laughs> No, yeah, but I cringed so hard, like how long that joke lasted. Yeah, you know what's really weird about that scene though? In this movie, they decided to have that scene, the retirement home scene, take place at a time where Greg and uh, Greg and Roderick were friends. Like he vouches for him, like he doesn't rat out Roderick. Roderick helps him play the drums, and it's all nice. And then for some reason, while Greg is at the retirement home, his he expressively says like. Oh man, Roderick will never like let me live this down if he ever finds out about it. It's like, but you guys are on good terms. Unlike in the original movie and in the book at this scene, which is probably why that those two make more sense. <laughs> but whatever. Something tells me that they wanted to like make their own movie out of the source material, but they couldn't figure out how to make it consistent. No, they couldn't. All they did was take important moments from the book and try and make a story out of it, but it was a huge mess. Yeah, huge mess. That's a that's a good way to put it. I was just kind of sitting there eating dinner, I like watching the movie in the background. I'm like, what am I watching? Like, you're taking again, like you said, key beats from the story and the book and the original, but it just doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, and the way they found out about the party. Yeah, Greg was holding the photos and walked into his mom holding a cheeseburger, and then when she was picking up the cheeseburger, she picked up the photos. Oh my god! Now I remember. Yep. It's like, whoa, sorry, Greg. How, why were you conveniently holding these pictures? <laughs> like, okay, again, a little lazy, but whatever. As if this movie wasn't short enough, they had to rush everything. Yep. I mean, I will say, the only good thing about this movie was the fact that Ed Asner voiced the granddad. Yeah, that was wholesome. I like hearing him again, although, holy cow, how early were they doing the dialogue for this movie? He passed away last summer before the first movie even came out. They must have, like, eight of these down the pipeline. <laughs> it's good to hear his voice one last time, but my god, did they end his legacy on such a sour note? Yeah. If only they ended with Doug Days, that would have been the perfect way to end off his legacy because, you know, he's Carl Fredrickson, one of his most iconic movie roles. Yeah, I was actually just going to say that probably would have been way better. God, it's like he keeps saying, Matt, this movie was a disappointment and I have no regrets ranking it a 3 out of 10. Like, it is horrible. Yeah, I'm probably done with 3 too. I will, I guess I briefly should mention the animation. Again, disappointing. I did praise the animation in the first movie because, you know, hey, this is something new at the time. Like, we've never seen anybody attempt to make an anime movie based off the Diary of Wimpy Kid movies. 
but this just felt a little lazy. Yeah, like... Oh, no, sorry, not a little lazy, extremely <laughs> lazy. I was gonna say, when they first showed that pilot, like, two-second animation of Greg trying to roll a snowball, I remember thinking, well, this looks so nice. And I still don't think they've lived up to that animation. I still think it looks choppy, corner-cutty. You can tell they're really just trying to pump these out as fast as possible. Which, by the way, don't know if you saw, but last week they announced Diary of Wimpy Kid Last Straw for next December. <laughs> so catch, uh, get ready to catch us here again this time next year. Or hey, maybe next year we won't even review it because, like, yeah, we know this is a giant pile of crap. Why is it even worth our time? <laughs> the only reason I could possibly recommend this movie is if you're a diehard fan of the series. Or if you're morbidly curious. Yeah, because even diehard fans of the series are going to get pissed. I mean, just listen to Matt. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, thank you guys for listening to our quick rant of the latest Diary from Wavy Kid movie. And when I say quick, it's not an exaggeration because wasn't our first review like 10 minutes? <laughs> yep, I think we probably beat it this time around. But again, still pretty short because there really just is not much to say. So if you've seen the latest Diary from Wavy Kid movie, what did you think of it? You can be honest, we know it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Let us know on our Discord server and follow us on Instagram at Geeks Crossing. Continue to listen to us on all available listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. And of course, be sure to tell your friends and family about us, especially the Diary of Wimpy Kid fans in your life or anyone who just saw the new crap movie and <laughs> needs somebody to blow steam. <laughs> and if you can't get enough of us geeks, check us out on Twitch at Eman the Legendary, which is also my YouTube channel. Nuclear Bacons, Cryptowalk Games, and Carabyte. Trust me, our content is much, much better compared to this atrocity. <laughs> but more importantly, stay true to your geek selves.